Welcome to this edition of Bringing Light to the Darkness, a regular podcast by Pastor James Rasmussen and Pastor Robert Dixon, recorded from Oasis Christian Fellowship at Sunridge Village Assistant Living and Memory Care Community Center in Bula City, Arizona, where Pastor James is a resident. They have developed this series of short messages in order to share the journey from within this community and to bring light into the darkness in small and big ways. Before we begin, Pastor James would like to remind the audience of the following. Some books are to be tasted, others swallowed, but there is only one book to be chewed and digested. It is called the B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. Now here is Pastor James and Pastor Robert with this week's episode of Bringing Light to the Darkness. Welcome to another edition of Light into the Darkness. We're glad to have you with us today. We are going to do the second half of the suggestions on how to find a facility and prepare to enter your loved one into the facility. Pastor Robert Dixon and his wife, Renee, are also with me as co-hosts, and they will help me with this podcast. Pastor Robert, can you review for our audience the suggestions we had on the last podcast? Yes, Pastor James. We need to try to find a place in close proximity to family, and we need to make sure that you have backup friends, family, and church members in case you move. We need to check thoroughly all possible locations. Don't trust the brochures. Make sure there is a person close by in case of emergency. Make sure there is someone who lives close by who can do what the caregivers cannot. And that's what to look for when you need a facility, now we'll look at how to research a facility. You visit the facility at least twice unannounced before you make a decision. Check out the facility's website. Don't trust the brochures. What is the ratio of residents to caregivers in memory care? You'll want to know what is the ratio of residents to caregivers in the general population. How many RNs are on staff and when they're available? Ask if the activity coordinator is trained in the latest technology. Make sure what their visiting policies are. What is their policy on contacting family when things happen? Make sure they have a physical therapist on site. Make sure they have a worship site or worship services. Find out how often they change the menu and have a lawyer to read the lease agreement. 
Thank you, Pastor Dixon. Now, let's uh, start by going over the suggestions for preparing to uh, transition. Okay, I have my wife Renee here, and we're going to go over how to prepare ahead of time. First, Rob, talk- yes. before you uh, have Renee start, could you have her give us a little of her background? Sure. Uh, hi, I'm Renee and uh, Rob's wife, and um, I have some some experience in working in um, assisted living. I worked at an assisted living um, facility that went from independent care to assisted to memory care. And I also worked in um, home health care and behind the scenes as a um, office manager for a home health care agency. So I have a couple years experience in the field. Thank you. Renee. Okay, Robert, let's go. Okay. To prepare ahead of time, you need to talk to them first. Please don't spring it on them. That's very important. Um, The elderly can be like children, and you can't just drop them off uh, at the facility. You have to, like, bring them a few times, let them interact with the other residents, let them, you know, check the place out. They'll never just throw them in there unwarranted. And we need to make sure they have a cell phone they can use and understand. There is a lot of different types of cell phones from push button phones and flip phones to smartphones and different elderly people have different levels of understanding and um, understanding and um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, just the ability. So you're going to have to make sure that the cell phone you get to for them is something they can understand. Yeah, you need to make sure they have a cell phone that they can actually, again, that they can use and that they can understand it. Um, You can check out several different cell phones for seniors and find out which one best fits their needs. You can do an internet search and type in cell phones for seniors. Yeah, there's a lot of different um, companies and plans and services. That that is um, a lot of research right there. Just looking for a cell phone that that your um, loved one can use. Go ahead, Pastor Joe. Just to add one thing, reminder, every one of the elderly has a different need and no one cell phone satisfies all the needs. So you have to you have to pick one that's unique for your particular needs. Correct. Yes. Yes. And you need to make sure they know how to use the cell phone before they move into the home. Train them completely, do practice calls, do practice text messages. If it's a smartphone, show them what apps are on the phone. You can even leave notes around their room uh, with directions on how to use it. Um, But, yeah, make sure they know. Don't just leave it with them. Make sure they thoroughly know all the um, capabilities of the phone. 
Yeah, and you need to make sure also that they have access to a phone other than their cell phone, preferably in their room. And make sure they know how to use that phone too. A lot of room phones, you have to dial one or nine or something to get the um, an outside line, or if it's just used to call the front desk, uh, make sure you know all the ins and outs of um, their landline phone that's in their room. And you'll want to check the Wi-Fi capability of the facility. This has to do with the cell phones to make sure you have Wi-Fi capability, but also if they want to use something like Siri or Alexa, it's very important to check the Wi-Fi capability. Not just Siri and Alexa, but a lot of smart television sets um, and a computer. Also, you're going to need Wi-Fi. Yes, and you'll want to find a computer that they can use and put it in the room. And make sure it's a computer that they they know how to use. Um, that's, um, there's a lot of computers out there, or not a lot, but there are computers out there uh, developed just for seniors and elderly or people who need assistance. Um, so that's another internet search right there, finding a computer that um, is specific to their needs. And then you need to set up a backup person to call in case of emergency. Very true, very true, because even you may live like two minutes away, you could be you know, at your kid's dance recital or in a meeting or on vacation. So you need to have someone who can you know, answer the call and show up at the facility if anything were to happen. Make sure that the facility has different people they can call in case of emergency. Yeah. And One then thing I'd like to add, going back to the computers, guys, yes. is the, the computer does not have to be totally for the elderly, but someone needs to train them on what they need to use. Absolutely, they, yeah, it's no use if they don't know how to use it. Exactly. Sorry for the interruption. You're fine. That's all right. We also need to make sure that someone will visit them at least once a month to take care of anything that the caregiver cannot, like organize the rooms. Rooms get a little messy, so to organize the room, cut nails and hair, and check for odor in the room. That's very true. And one of the main reasons is um, legal reasons. A lot of times the caregivers aren't allowed to clean the, um, or at least organize the a residence room um, because then if something goes missing, who gets blamed? So we're always told just don't touch their stuff, you know, so that limits us in being able to help them organize their room. And then also we don't always have time, you know, with whatever the ratio is, you know, it's one caregiver to, you know, X amount of residents. We don't have time to spend that much time in their room helping them get stuff done. So you have to take that into account that um, those needs would have to be um, taken care of outside of the facility. Yeah, I can add to that. My family at times has got upset 
with the facility in things like we're talking about that they're not allowed to do. And so the family needs to know what is done and what is not. Exactly. Yeah, because one thing is that legally the caregivers cannot cut nails or hair. They're not allowed to. Right. So you need to see if the facility has a salon on premises or if they do rides to local salons or if you need to come pick them up and take them to a salon or do it yourself. You need, um, you know, what's going to happen there? You, you, you know what I mean? Yep. You hit the point perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Now we have some final suggestions. Don't make promises you can't keep. Definitely. Um, don't even mention that um, if you have an idea of something you want to do, don't mention it till you're ready to actually do it. Yeah, as in working in home health care, um, I couldn't even say, oh, your kids are coming over um, or your daughter might drop by because if it doesn't happen, then they get excited over nothing where I can't tell them, oh, we're going to do this later or we're going to do that later because sometimes, you know, it just couldn't get done. So, you know. Yes, Mindy, I'm sorry, Renee, go ahead. No, I was telling you to go ahead. Uh, I can tell you there's many a, a person that make their whole month waiting for that call or that visit yeah. or whatever you talked about. Elderly are much like children. There's no such thing as maybe, someday, or we'll see. Those are all promises to the elderly. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And then another thing is when they complain, please don't argue with them, just listen. Yeah, a lot of times um, there is nothing to fix. You just need to listen and like I like to say, we have two ears and one mouth, so you need to listen to twice as much as you speak. So sometimes you just got to sit and, and um, hear what they have to say. You're going to add something to that, Pastor James? No, I think we could go any more, Rob. Okay. No, now we have our final is to remember that once they've moved in, that there's no going back, or at least it's really hard once you're at a facility. It's hard to to go somewhere else because of all the paperwork, and it's just a big hassle. Yeah, the paperwork alone of like just having to take them out and move them out, it's just better that make sure that's the place you want to be. Just to have Okay. To. Thank you guys. Now we've got a couple of things we want to discuss for the benefit of the family members and also to kind of get ready for next week's podcast. Pastor Robert, when I was talking to you, you told me a story about your father-in-law. Could you repeat that, please? Yes. My sister-in-law, Angelica, was taking her father, Vicente, to visit a facility. And while they were there, he accused her of being ungrateful because she was looking to put him in a home. In a Mexican culture, 
the grandparents and grandparents stay with the children their entire lives. They don't go into homes or facilities. It's considered offensive to even mention it. Yeah, and I'll tell you the the feeling is not their fault. I'm going to give you another example. When my family put me in this center, I was part of the discussion. They did not surprise me. I did not like it, of course, that it was time. But after thinking about it, I realized it was the best solution. But even so, I felt angry, abandoned, and deserted. Even though I knew they were not rational, feelings are not always rational. That's why what Renee said is so important. Just listen. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you're to blame. Just realize that being put in a facility is a traumatic event. And they're going to go through the five steps of anger and denial. And until they reach acceptance, about all you can do is listen. And then you don't need to beat yourself up. You did what was best at the time. You researched all the options, and you picked the one that had to be done. Now, part of the reason we went over this is that we're going to have a letter next time from Angelica that is Renee's sister, and all of this will come out. And then we will discuss it more. So for this week, thank you for listening. That was another edition of Bringing Light to the Darkness, a regular ministry of Oasis Christian Fellowship. We thank you for listening and look forward to further opportunity to bring light into the darkness. As a reminder, we if you wish for questions, comments, or prayer requests via email at lighttheway at email.com. L-I-G-H-T-T-H-E-W-A-Y at email.com. <laughs>